Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode. I'm so glad you're joining me. Hey, I want to tell you about a couple things before we jump into our episode. First off, head over to your socials, Facebook or Instagram, and follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights all the ministries of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. It includes our blog called Planted, great content. It includes our mom-to-mom ministry for mothers. It includes our Regarding Him conference. It happens yearly in March. And of course, it includes this podcast, Unshaken. There's so much good content you are going to want to follow, so do it today. That will be in our show notes each and every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory. It helps us out, but it also helps you out because you get notification of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you have ideas, suggestions, or even thoughts about an episode that you heard. Finally, as you know, Unshaken is a podcast for women, put on by women, and our goal is to encourage and challenge and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's head into today's episode. Do you ever wish that you had a different house or a different kitchen? Do you ever wish that you had a different job or maybe had someone else's job? Do you ever wish that you had a different body? Okay, come on now. I'm pretty sure every woman can answer yes to a do you wish question. The truth is we all struggle with discontentment. I know I do at times. That's why this May we're going to focus on learning contentment on the Unshaken Book Chats. Erica Simpson and I are back. We're going to be discussing each chapter in the book Learning Contentment by Nancy Wilson on these episodes. You can grab that book at your favorite online bookstore, read a few chapters, and get ready to hear us as we talk through how we are learning how to be content. Join us in May for this series, Learning and Living Contentment. Okay, so today is episode 97, and I have entitled this Opposing Forces. And we're really going to get into talking about what these opposing forces are, and I'm pretty sure that everyone listening is going to be able to relate. I actually brought a good friend to talk with me today about this topic, um, and we're just going to do that. We're just going to chit-chat. We don't really, we could not possibly cover everything on these opposing forces in this one episode, and we're just going to talk about things um, that relate to it, which I think is going to be great. Uh, I love podcasts. I love the chance to be able to do this. It's super fun. And I I think part of it's because I love to talk. And um, I think my guest loves to talk too. Welcome to my friend, Heidi Hunsaker. Did I do it right? Hunsaker. Oh my goodness. Hunsaker. (laughs) Okay. Welcome to my friend, Heidi Hunsaker. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Julie. Okay. That took a while to get your name right. (laughs) I keep wanting to add a T in there. I don't know why, but that's okay. It gets butchered a lot worse at basketball games. I'm sure it does. (laughs) I'm sure it does. Yes. Um, Okay, well, I'm glad that we can just go with welcome Heidi. (laughs) I can do that, right? Yeah. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and, like, what do you even do all day? Well, um, I spend – okay, I'm married to Joe. He's my high school sweetheart um, for 19 years. Oh, wow. Um, Yep, the big one, 20. Yay. Are you going to do something fun? Um, that's in the works. Okay. We'll good. see. 
Good. I really hope so. I hit 25 this summer, so I'm oh. hoping we're doing something fun. Yeah. I'm nursing right now, so that's kind of like, what do yeah. I do with that? Yeah. So I understand. It's kind of like on the, hmm. Yes. Um, anyway, I'm a mom to seven. I have a 16-year-old down to a one-year-old. Um, we homeschool them all. So my days are filled with grammar lessons and a meal, writing, a meal, <laughs> math, <laughs> another meal. Oh my goodness. Snacks, you know, all of it. Um, five out of seven are boys, so oh, wow. they eat a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, also, laundry, loads and loads of laundry. But um, I was just telling Joe, it's actually my favorite job. Laundry? Yeah, yeah. I really, really like it. Um, it's something magical about putting something dirty in. Yes. 38 minutes later, magically yep. clean. Like, it's so satisfying. It's I, done. I like laundry, too. I like doing laundry because it's somewhat mindless, mm-hmm. so I can do other things. Yes. Like, in my brain, I can eat it well. I could listen to a podcast. Absolutely. Listen to this podcast. Yes, there you go. <laughs> that was just a... <laughs> that's a completely selfish plug, right? Oh, yeah. But that's... But really, I love that you can do double-duty things. Like oh, yeah. That. It's a great... I mean, it may take me, like five separate times right I'll get through an episode eventually right Right. (laughs) that's right um I also really like organizing I don't know Mm -hmm. why just always been a thing of mine um but um we actually live in the country on some family land and it's actually the house I grew up in oh that's so fun yep where Joe and I dated we actually even got we didn't get engaged there but we got married there oh that's so fun yeah yeah and my kids are the fifth generation to live in that house. Um, uh-huh. And my mom is right next door. We built her own home. And my grandma is 96. She lives wow. around the corner. Wow, I love this. Yes. Um, and that's why we moved back. We moved back there to help take care of them. And, sure. um, and it's a really huge bonus that the house is really nice, really big. So we can have a lot of house gatherings nice. and hospitality. That's yeah. really important to us. How many bedrooms? I think you told me something crazy. It actually only, no, it actually only has one, two, three, like four bedrooms. Oh, okay. And all of the boys are in one bedroom. Okay. Except well, for the that's baby. okay. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's two kitchens. Two kitchens? Two kitchens. Two full oh, that's kitchens. a dream. Oh, yeah, it is. Except that then you have to clean two kitchens. And speaking of laundry, well, yes, I do. Well, I don't. I have lots of kids. That's right. They help. <laughs> Um, the laundry room has two washers and dryers. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> that is what you need with a big family. Yeah. So you can just keep them rolling all the time. It is a dream. Okay. You're super easy to talk to on the podcast today. Do you have any background in this? What? Doing talking? Pod- well, talking. Yes. <laughs> My whole life. That's right. <laughs> Doing any podcasting, anything along that line? Do you ever no, want to- No, I was in drama club. I don't yeah. know. Did you ever just- want to be on the radio? Oh, you're asking questions <laughs> for real. <laughs> New edit. (laughs) Um, I've never been on a podcast. I was on a YouTube show once, but I also, in college, I was a communications minor. Oh, that's fun. So you had to do the, um, a semester of the AM broadcast. So I got to host that. Oh. Um, But really, I don't think one person probably listened to it. But I get to say, I was on the radio. Yeah. And it's good experience. Sure. Because you got to work with all the equipment Mm -hmm. and how everything rolls and be live. Yeah. You exactly. know, like we get to edit things out of here if I don't like them. Mm-hmm. But there, no. you cannot do that. Not at all. Oh, that's fun. That's kind of a fun little little factoid about you. Yeah. I like that. And I don't usually think about it at all. Yeah. Well, it's coming in handy today. So <laughs> now here where we live in Northwest Ohio, we are gearing up for spring. At least I am. Are you gearing up for spring, Heidi? Um, kind or, of. <laughs> or are you a person who likes the winter? I do. Okay. All right. That's okay. Well, this is the opposing forces right here, right? <laughs> I love spring, and I can just love to sit in my hammock 
in my backyard and I love to sit with a good book. I just, I just think that's so enjoyable. The sun shining down to me, it's nice and warm. Not too hot. I'm not talking July when yeah. it's like 90 degrees. I'm talking like 65, 70 and it's cool and, you know, enjoyable. Yep, that's okay, good. and a good book. And um, I, maybe it's just, maybe people who are listening can think of their favorite place to read. Maybe yours is in the middle of the winter in, by a fireplace. I don't know. That would be one. Yeah. I just kind of like to lay in bed. Just lay in bed. That's a good spot to read, too. <laughs> I love it. Um, I just love to read in general. And I actually love historical fiction the best. I always have. Like when I was a, a high schooler, probably junior higher, actually, I babysat for this woman. And um, there was this new series that came out. It was about these Canadian Mounties or Royal Mounties. It was just like all my friends were reading it, all my Christian friends. And um, it was great. I enjoyed it. I, I liked the history in it, the historical part of it. And it was a romance novel. Yeah. But I remember I read those so fast. I think I got like the whole set. I read them all summer. Um, I babysat from like 11 to 3 every day. And it just was so enjoyable to read um, in the afternoon. And I just, and it just was so much fun to get paid to read. Like <laughs> that bonus. was awesome, you know? How about you? Do you have a favorite genre of literature? Um, I do. And it's the same historical oh, fiction. Yep. Okay. And um, I read that same series. Oh, did you? Okay, good. Good. <laughs> I did. I, yeah. I really just, I like historical fiction, but a little bit more embarrassingly. <laughs> I really like the plots where there's like an, in, like a, not indentured servant, I was going to say that, male order bride. Oh. Or like an arranged marriage. Oh, yeah. Something that actually along turns that. positive. I'm yes. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to have a happy ending. Yes. Yeah. I don't yeah. like non-happy endings. Um, but yeah, I just like, because you don't have to really guess who it is. Yeah. Like, it's just set, and you just get to see it play out. Yep. Yep. I love that, too. I, I think those books had that same theme. Yeah. And they're like, somebody. I really don't remember them very well. I don't. I just remember there was Canadian Mounties in it, and I remember, <laughs> I didn't even know what that was, you know? And we didn't have Google then to look it up. No. Oh. No, that would have helped. I probably would have spent way too much time on Wikipedia. <laughs> I know, me too. And less time reading. <laughs> what was your favorite book when you were um, a child or a teen? Well, I liked a lot of those <clears throat> old books, like by Jeanette Oak or The Morris Guy or Pert, but I mostly liked them because that's what our church library stocked. Um, but yeah. as a little girl, I really liked The Boxcar Children. Oh, it's the first I book them. I remember buying at a like garage sale or estate sale, and I just loved it. I got yeah. a whole box of them. Like, you know, that stinky, yes. musty ones? Yes. They were great. And then our library at school had like the Bopsy Twin books. Oh, yeah. So I read through those. <clears throat> I liked all those. I read a lot. Um, when I went to college, I was like really excited. It was a Christian college, and I kept thinking I was like nerdily very excited about the library. So I go into the library and I'm like looking around and I'm like, "Where's the fiction section?" Oh, <laughs> they don't have the a college library yet. Doesn't really. Have I was very fiction. naive. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "There's no fiction section. It's such a waste of this giant library." <laughs> That's so I had right. to go downtown and get myself a a local go library. Go to a card. regular library, right? Yes. 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 Okay, so one of my favorite books is actually a series, actually. It's, one of, it's pretty famous. Um, it was A Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I loved those books. Oh, I got that box for Christmas one year. It was awesome. They were a great book then, but then later on in life, when I was an elementary education major, we had to pick different um, levels, and we had to write a whole lesson plan around a book. And I remember over Thanksgiving, it had to be like a maybe fifth, sixth grade level book and you had to write a whole series or a whole lesson plan about it. And I remember reading that book over a couple of days and 
a lot of the allegories came out differently to me. They, you know, as a kid, I saw Aslan as the lion in the story and just loved it. As an adult, young adult woman, I was like, wow, this is the story. Okay, spoiler alert, because I'm going to tell you what happens in the end of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> but the portion where um, Aslan is on the table was an allegory for Christ dying on the cross. And it like, I can still remember sitting on my bed and crying. Like it was so yeah. real to me, mm-hmm. even though it was a children's book. It was yeah. so powerful. Have you ever read those? Um, actually, yes. Um, I did not read them as a kid. I didn't even like oh, really? know of them. Oh, I don't know why. And I was a reader. Wow. But it was just from that one section. I didn't know any better. Um, well, they're not historical fiction. Well, no, but I mean, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, you'd think you would have heard yeah, of them. Just because as a kid, I read through the typical series of things. But anyways, um, yes, I have read those, the Chronicles of Narnia to the kids. And then my second favorite is Little House on the Prairie. Oh, yes. That's one of my favorites, I too. I just love Farmer <clears throat> Boy so much. I, I don't know. I just love it. Um, I actually like it so much that I try to talk Joe into going on the road trip. Oh, yeah. That takes you from location to yes. location. Um, he wasn't pretty, he wasn't sold on that. No. Maybe <laughs> someday. Maybe you and your daughters can do that someday, right? I don't, I think it's just me. Just you. Okay. <laughs> well, then I'll go with you. Okay, that'd be so fun. That'll be perfect. I think it sounded wonderful. Yeah, I would do that too. Yeah, that's awesome. I, um, I love the, um, I think it's um, the first book, Little House in the Big Woods, mm-hmm. yes. where they take the pig tail oh, yeah. and they roast it. I yes. still remember this, though, because we were listening to it on an audio t- CD. This was when we only had CDs. There yes. was no, like, you know, yes. books on your phone. But I can remember listening to it. And I was pregnant with somebody, and I had to pull the car over and throw up. No. Because the <laughs> images in my head of roasting that pig the tail or the bladder, I can't remember which one. Well, the tail is what they like fight over. Yes. They're like, oh, yes, the best and they part. were going to eat it. Yeah. And then anyway. they talk about the dripping. Yes. yes. That's exactly. Let's not go there. <laughs> Although I'm not pregnant. So that's okay right now. But I do remember throwing up. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> we are not actually going to talk all this time about books, although I think we probably could. Uh-huh. Uh, but we're going to actually start talking about our opposing forces. Are you ready to talk about this topic? I assure you. Okay, good. Uh, today we're going to talk about two opposing forces in our lives. And I'm, I'm of course, not talking about magnets. I think when you're studying science with little kids, that's a big one, like the North and South Pole. Yeah. But what I'm actually talking about is similar to that because it really does repel, you know, and they push away from each other a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk today about two things, pride and humility. And these are not brother-sister. They do not yeah. go together. And we're going to talk a lot about this. Now, I want to say before we jump into really the the heart of our conversation, I didn't ask Heidi because she is either super duper proud. (laughs) I didn't like want to call her out in her sin on this podcast, right? Or that she's perfectly humble either. Nope. Um, I think she's probably smack in the middle, just like probably most of us are in many ways, where we struggle at times with pride. And also we can work on being humble and being sanctified in that way. I do think it's really good to chit-chat about these topics. And as I said already, we're never going to cover everything, so don't think you're going to be, it's going to be solved by the time we're done today. No. <clears throat> so we're just going to talk today, and I'm excited about some of the conversations that we're going to have. So let's just jump right in. I always want to start with basics because I think that helps. So let's start with some definitions. Heidi, what would be a definition of pride, and then what would be a definition of humility? First, I just want to say, Phew. I am glad this wasn't a Christian version of that show, Punked. Oh, <laughs> yes. I don't think, I, I don't even know if I've ever watched it, but that's like where they 
like surprise and yeah surprise yeah. something yeah. maybe I watched it. I don't know um but I was like oh no it's like getting called out on my pride <laughs> <laughs> so you're making me nervous for a second um because believe you me there's plenty to find oh, yeah well me too that's the problem <laughs> um but yes the definition so on pride I looked these up ahead of time um so the first one would be a feeling that you respect yourself and deserve to be respected by other people hmm. and they would call that self-respect and then the second one is a feeling that you are more important or better than other people. Or three, a feeling of happiness that you get when you are someone you know does something good or difficult. Um, huh, that's interesting. Some of those have connotations of positive and some negative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then humility is a modest or low view of one's own importance. And then they write in humbleness. Those, of course, are... Because they cross over. Yeah. So same same route. Mm -hmm. um, so... This makes me think, so in your definition of pride, you had three definitions, which is very common in yeah, the dictionary. very much. And some of them have, like I said, a positive connotation that we think, oh, it's good. Pride yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. And then at least one of them did not really have a good connotation, a negative. So I, it makes me think to think, to walk back and think, what does the world say that yeah. pride is? And, and what does the world say about humility? So again, I did some research and I looked it up. So I type in, in my Google search for pride, which is what we all do. Yeah. I was like, right. okay, yeah, let's see what that is. Um, that does not bring up a definition of the pride I was looking for. Of course. I was a little naive <laughs> yep. um, thinking I was looking up that. Um, but actually that movement, the pride movement, um, really did name itself well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, when I started digging a little bit further, I think that in general, the first definition is what most people think of, that it's a sense of self-respect. Right. Yeah. And that's everywhere. The world thinks they have like the market on this. They have it all right. Um, there's so many self-help books and yeah. the life coaches. Um, you can barely join any kind of like fitness or diet regime. Um, and you're inundated with those lessons on self-esteem and taking pride in oneself. Yeah. Yeah, like the last few years, um, I mean, I've had seven kids, so I was looking at different places to like need help for weight loss, and I could not believe how much the workout programs and stuff had went from just showing you how to work out to literally during the whole workout, right. I had to turn it off like the voice because it was all about your mindset. It was all about you can do it like in a weird way. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, a lot of that. Um, did you ever watch SNL? I did. Saturday Night Live? Yes, I did. Okay, I used to watch it back in the day. And they had um, this skit called Daily Affirmations with oh. Stuart Smalley. Yes. <laughs> He's yes. like a little white guy in like a yes. vest. Yes. Um, but it, I just cannot help listening to the workout videos and not just picturing him. Yes. Oh, yeah. And he what would, did he say again? <laughs> he said, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough and doggone it, people yes, like me. Yes, I remember that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's totally making fun of where we are now. Yeah. Because yeah. it really wasn't that, I mean, it was there, but not, not as prevalent as it is no, today. No, I mean, it's so prevalent. Yeah. yeah. He he hit the nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> I, I um, actually have a, a couple of apps that have that mindset in them. Not because I wanted the app that was just like keeping track of my calories. Yeah. That's all I wanted to do. But they have little things that pop up. Yes. And that's exactly what they do. I have You've not found one this. that yeah. doesn't have it. Not yep. one. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy. <sighs> what about humbleness, though? What is the world's view of humbleness? Okay. So, and like the definition of hum humility being a low view of oneself, um, 
the world cannot justify. So it's like a counterfeit Humboldt for them that they mm. sell. Okay. So you like need the appearance of humbleness, um, not only for show. Um, so for example, a so-called humble person would not be able to receive a compliment. They can't just say thank you. They would end up being rude and disagree with the compliment by putting themselves down in an effort oh. to look vain. Sure. Yeah. That's or like, not look I, vain. Right. Yeah. I don't want my pictures taken. Yeah. 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 Like, when you've seen a movie, like, there's a lady who's, like, all dressed up. She's, like, yes. went through the whole beauty thing and, yeah. like, the little montage of going to the beauty store and getting her hair done and the outfit. And then the guy's, like, you look lovely. And she's, like, this old thing. Right, like, right. So, it's just fake. Like, she doesn't say thank you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so you need to appear humble, but really you can't call humble great and still have pride or love in yourself. Right. So, I believe that's, like... A humble brag? Yeah. Like which, a version of that? Which, if we're all honest, we all have done. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's it's actually just a part of our nature. Yeah. You know, and because mm-hmm. pride is deep down in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think humble is seen as weak or at least the mm. fear of being seen weak. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, or more of the fear of thinking others won't see the good you have done or your capabilities. Um mm. Like, I remember being taught for interviewing that you needed to, like, spin your negative qualities to a positive. And, like, they would say, um, like, if you focus too much, like, say, focus too much on a project or I get focused on details and this just tells them that you're a hard worker or detail-oriented. Right. I have, yes. That's right. Yeah. Like, I just care too much about people. Yeah. Instead of, I (laughs) talk too much. You know, like I, that is so interesting and so true. And I probably have even, you know, done that. I know I've done that. I've flipped it. Oh yeah. Um, And the world really doesn't like to reward those that are truly humble because it's cutthroat and you're trying to prove one's worth and it's a counter version of humble. Yeah. And I think counterfeit. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Counterfeit is a great example, a great word to go with that because it is a counterfeit Mm -hmm. of of true humbleness. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because the world's view is, Everything is, they're just so egocentric, right? All oh, about yeah. themselves yes. in the world, which we all are. Mm-hmm. We're all out to get for ourselves if we're not aware. Absolutely. So, okay, so this is the world's definition, but what's the Bible say? Because I always want to find out what's its definition of these topics. I would say pride at its most basic is an adultery of self. Mm. So Proverbs 16, 18 through 19 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before it fall. It is better to be of lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Mm. That's interesting. You use the word adultery of self mm-hmm. because what it is is an idolatry, right? Yeah. An idol of ourselves, making mm-hmm. ourselves. And that's interesting. Our yeah. love becomes something ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like really it's the root of all sins because it's a love of yourself and we have no problem loving ourselves. Ironic since the world teaches us how much we need to love ourselves even yes. more. Yes. Yes. But it's our basic problem. We do love ourselves more than anyone else. Um, okay, so I have a one-year-old baby, and I've had seven little ones, and I can tell you they definitely love themselves yes. first. <laughs> this is true. Um, this last one is extra feisty, <laughs> and he can get mad and want his way right now. Yeah. Like he just, right now. Um, he did not need any daily affirmation apps <laughs> right. to love himself or to learn to stand up for his rights. Right. He already had it. Oh, yeah. Yep. He knows how to do that right now. Yeah. That's crazy. And so true that when you really look at babies, 
Mm -hmm. This is how they are born. Yeah. Always looking out for themselves. Absolutely. Um, so 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 um, says, But in understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, mm -hmm. arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of good godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. Wow, what a list. I know. That's crazy. You what? would think that was just written. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like last week. Yeah, yeah. That's so spot on. Yeah, it's always interesting in that passage as I've read it before. There's a lot in there. Yes. It's really good. That was Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Yeah. Um, but it says disobedient to parents. <laughs> yes. I'm always caught off by that one because it's full of other things. Yes. That you think are horrible and then that's thrown in there. Yeah. But, wow. Yeah, you're right. That is really interesting, all those things. And it starts with lovers of self. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I've actually been reading an excellent book, um, C.J. Mahaney's. I think that's how you say his name. I think so. Yeah. Um, C.J. Mahaney's Humility, True mm. Greatness. So like a little bit commercial break there. It's an excellent book, by okay. the way. If you haven't read it, have you read it? I believe I have it on my shelf. Oh, you need to get that off the shelf. Because I think someone gave it to me. <laughs> in, so. your, in your hammock this summer. That is, that'll With be on my With a tissue list. box. Tissue box. That's, will it's, I need a tissue box? I did. Okay, yeah, I'll need a tissue box. I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but um, yes, it's actually going to go on our required reading list. For, okay. Technically, it's there. I'm actually on my second go around this. Um, okay. Look, looking at it again. I have definitely read books multiple times. So yeah. if, it, if it's on your second go around, I'll put it on my list. Yeah, I should go on your first go around. Okay, it will be. <laughs> and I will put it in our show notes. Oh, yeah, good Because idea. then people can grab it. Yeah, so. it's very good. Okay, why did you love it so much? Um, it just spoke volumes to me in mm. so many ways. Um, I go on, I'll, I'll mention lots of that okay. tonight. Okay, okay. Yeah, like I have a lot. Um, so one of the, he quotes lots of really good people. And okay. one of those is Charles Bridge. And he says that we contend for supremacy. He says that we aspire to the position and status of God and refuse to acknowledge our need for God. And at the end of the day, we are glorifying ourselves. Mm. There's just so many aha moments like, yes, mm -hmm. contending for supremacy. Yeah. And how many times I am personally can say that I am just, I'm just a can-do girl, so to speak. So I just mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I'm doing it for myself. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Mm. Convicting. Yeah. And the Bible teaches, I'm going to have you say this for me because I butcher it every single time. Okay. I think it's soli deo gloria. Yes. Okay. I, I really struggle with okay. pronouncing words. That's okay. <laughs> um, I, I struggled with your last name, so we're oh, even now. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so this is soli deo gloria. Soli deo gloria. Did yeah. I do it right? Yeah. You got it. To God alone be mm -hmm. the glory. Um, and this is the purpose of our lives. Mm. The Westminster ca um, Catechism, the first question is, what is the chief end of man? And it's to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yes. Yep. We made our kids memorize some of those. Yes, we did too. <coughs> um, Isaiah 43, 6 through 7 says, I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name whom I created for my glory, whom I formed in Maine. Hmm. Wow. 
Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. Just to start there, yeah. our lives should not be about ourselves. Our lives should be to bring glory to God. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that's easy or no. that, oh, that's an easy one to start with. Let's start with the easy one. That's like the purpose. Yeah. And so we really have to start there. Yeah. Okay, so what does the Bible have to say about humility? I am guessing it says an awful lot. So yes. we are not going to have time to go through every <laughs> verse. So give me some of the verses or some of the things that you have learned. Okay, I'll start with C.J. Mahaney said, Humility is honestly assessing ourselves in light of God's holiness and our sinfulness. So mm -hmm. what does that look like? So in Philippians 2, 3 through, 4, 3 through 4, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So mm -hmm. simply, we are to love others more than ourselves. And pride is looking to oneself first. Mm. You are the most important person, not others. And that's the opposite of what is taught in Scripture. Mm. I love Philippians, and I love that chapter, too. Mm -hmm. It's just a great example of that. It is. And I think as a mom, and I think you probably can agree, I can't go to my kids and yell at this, yell this verse at them. You know, you're supposed to be doing nothing out of selfish ambition <laughs> because I want to do that. But yeah. I better start with my heart first. Absolutely. So that it's not me just telling them, but me living it, which yeah. is not easy. So even the first disobedience, and we're going to talk about beginnings, um, it can be traced back to the beginning. Um, the first sin, pride. The yeah. woman is deceived into believing she can be like God. Mm. So Genesis 3, 4 through 6 says, But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was for good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. Mm. Yeah, right at the very beginning, we see pride. Yeah. All the way, right there. Yeah. So um, how does God want us, or I'm sorry, let me start over. How does God exemplify humility? So earlier I mentioned Philippians 2 through 4, um, and that actually leads us into Jesus' ultimate act of humbleness, and that's Philippians 2, 5. Right, the so rest gonna, of the chapter. Yeah, we're going to yeah. pick up right there. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God rather a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point mm. of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Christ, is Lord, and to the glory of God the Father. Hmm. Wow. The very creator of our world, Christ the Word, became man to die for us. There's no words. Yeah. Yeah, there's that um, verse in there that I think is really key. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Yeah. And that's pretty powerful yeah. to read. Absolutely. He says, not my will, but yours be done. Mm -hmm. And he came as the lion of Judah and was slain as a lamb. Yeah, what an example. Um, you know, this we've been studying um, or talking about on the podcast, different character traits. We, we talked a few weeks ago about love. We've talked about faithfulness and, um, you know, just different different things that have come up. And uh, we've talked about whether they're whether these are things that we can have, like communicable traits. They're traits of God. Mm 
Um, and then if we have them, if we can take part in them, they're communicable. And if they're not, they're incommunicable. Yeah. So that's like omnipresent. I mean, you and I can't be everywhere. It'd be really nice as a mother to have <laughs> that one. But God did not give us the ability to be omnipresent. He is. So is well, he, he did give us wise cameras. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> And, I, and there is something about when all of a sudden it's quiet in my house when my kids were little, I knew there was, I knew I better start moving, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, but um, what about humility? Is this something that is just for God? Is it just, is it incommunicable? Like it's just his or can we share in it too? Um, definitely communicable. Um, Augustine said that humility is the first, the second, and the third part of godliness. Um, he said humility, if humility did not proceed, accompany and follow every action we perform, it would not be a good work. Okay, that's pretty, wow, that's <laughs> yeah. like powerful. Read that again, that quote. He said, if humility did not proceed, accompany and follow every action we perform, it would not be a good work. Wow. I probably need to, you know how people put signs yeah. like, yes. up, up in their kitchen, you know, uh -huh. on the wall. I need that on my wall. Yeah. Because I really, that's interesting. Wow. I'm going to have to think about that a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. God calls us to be like Jesus, to love others more than ourselves. This is humility. Recognizing who we are, sinners in the need of Jesus, our good is from the Lord alone, and Jesus came to serve as we are to serve. Hmm. Wow. Well, so then, yes, we need to be taking this communicable trait and living it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, how do we see this character trait, humility, lived out in the lives of those in the Bible? And, and maybe I won't even just say humility. Maybe I'll say humility or pride. Okay. Because oftentimes we can see it. Sometimes we have good examples and sometimes we have bad examples. So, yeah. So, give us some examples from the Bible. Okay. So, my children use a writing program. And one of the first books that we use to write stories is called Bible Heroes. And I love this book for many reasons, but one of the lessons in the book that I really like is called Meek Moses. Meek Moses. Okay. Yes. So I'll read real quick from scripture. It says, Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. I can't speak on the face of the earth. He is the only man to be described as meek in the Bible. And I kept thinking, why is such a man labeled great? Hmm. Like, I think, firstly, he killed the slave. Right. Um, he's a great leader. He's known as a great leader. And then he argued with God. Yeah. Like, I'm like, how does that make him meek? Um, other than the verse telling me he does. And so the Bible's true. So I had to keep right. digging. Um, so another commercial break here. Um, I actually listened to a talk on the podcast um, from one of the um, women's conferences. And it was on... Um, Moses being meek. I actually don't remember the name of the title. Do you? Oh, I think it's called A Heart of Humility. Okay, and yeah. That was Adrian McClavick. Yes. That was, I really that, enjoyed that one. That came out um, in June of 2021. So okay. if you're looking back, if you want to listen to that one. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. <clears throat> um, however, okay. So when we understand that humble and meek in the Bible, in the biblical setting, um, Matthew Henry, um, he, he was saying that it describes meekness as a kind of self-control. Hmm. So true biblical meekness is a self-control of strength that makes us lambs in our own causes and lions for the cause of Christ, he says. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That, to, that visual. Mm -hmm. I, I really, yeah, it really brings up a, a good word picture. Yeah. 
Um, in John 3.30, it says, He must increase, but I must decrease. You see, Moses did not want to go back to Egypt. He had already carved out a life for himself. Um, he had a family. And while he was born a Hebrew, he didn't grow up a Hebrew. Right. But he was being asked to sacrifice his life for these people. And he was in a desperate situation. And he begs God to change his mind, saying, Who am I? And on the surface, he appears humble. But humility is being able to accept God's will. So mm -hmm. in pride, he's saying no because he didn't want to do it. But he humbled himself and decreased his own desires so God could increase. He obeyed. Mm. Wow. That's interesting to think through it that way. Uh, yeah. Because we look at him, like when you read the story in the Bible, it you can read it and think, oh, wow. You know, he just didn't have the ability to speak well. Yeah. Yes. He just, you know, he just didn't have the confidence to do it. Yeah. But really, it's disobedience. Yeah. So he had to choose to obey. Yeah. Um, so then you have Pharaoh enters yes. the scene. So here's our opposite. So um, you can't be much more arrogant than claiming to be a god yourself. Yes, this is true. <laughs> um, that's what all the pharaohs did. Yes. Um, he went head to head with Moses, who the Lord was working through. And each time he's beat over yep. and over and over, plague after plague. Yeah, he keeps going on with his hardness of heart. Yep. And he was contending with supremacy. Hmm. He wanted to be God. Yeah. And it does say his heart was so hard. Yeah. Which is what happens when pride becomes huge. Yeah. Um, um, also, the disciples, um, they at one point are asking, who is the greatest? Who gets to sit next to Jesus? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're wanting to be first. They're wanting to be picked first. The star player, the star disciple, right? Yeah. But in humbleness, in contrast, you have John the Baptist. He understands his place. He, he understands that he's not even worthy to baptize Jesus. But he humbles himself, and he does it because that's what mm. God told him to do. So it sounds like what you're saying, humbleness isn't necessarily... Okay, so the original definition you gave me at the very beginning of the podcast was keeping ourselves low. It really isn't so much about keeping ourselves low as it's more about obeying God. Yes. Which is kind of interesting to think about because we always want to keep ourselves low. Yeah. Thinking that's going to solve it and we're going to be humble. But really, it's obeying God. Yeah. It's such a counterfeit yes. version. Yes, it is. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. How has God shown you this character trait, humbleness or pride, Yeah. in those around you, your family, your church, like your life? Where do you see it? Well, my first word of advice, if you want to root out um, pride, have children. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Yes. If you really want to be humbled, raising a bunch of sinful children yeah. by you, the sinful mother, will really reveal some hidden sin in your own life. Yeah. Some not even that hidden. Yes. <laughs> They're like little sin mirrors, I like to say. Like, I will hear one saying something and think to myself, that sounds absolutely awful. And then a little bit later, I hear it again out of my own mm -hmm. mouth. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, where did they hear that? And it's me. They heard it from me. I didn't learn it from them. And man, that's powerful. <laughs> yes, it is. I have had that happen to me many times. Yeah. And I have one that's very similar to me. So it, it really shows itself. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, I also, ironically, when people find out I do have that many children, I have been really grateful to usually hear really good compliments. Like, mm. I know others don't. I have been blessed to hear really good things. 
But one of them that they ask a lot is, how do you do it? You must be so patient or something like that. Like, yes. you must be super or yes. whatever. Yes. Um, but if I'm thinking in these terms of these little sin mirrors, I think maybe God gave me seven blessings so I can just see how much sin I really have. Right. Right. <laughs> I think he just knew I needed to see it over and over yep. to get it. Yep. <laughs> I, 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 am, I agree with you 100%. I've learned a lot from having children about my heart and my sin. Yeah. More than I thought I would ever learn. <laughs> I'm on number seven and it just, just keeps coming. Yes, right. <laughs> but I've been blessed by them too. Um, as the older ones have grown in their walk with the Lord, um, they have really been able to take correction a lot more or a lot better than I have. Mm. And to see that humbleness and that desire to grow in the Lord and put on His righteousness is such a blessing and encouraging. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's amazing. Um, but the Lord has used some really key moments in my life that were hard lessons, especially at the moment in that time in life, um, and extremely humbling. Yeah. But it was for his good. Yep. That's really, all. That, yeah. that is what it, it's like Romans eight twenty eight. You know, yeah. God works together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Hey, you did good. I may not have said that perfect, but the, the concept is there that even hard things are yeah. for, our, for good of, even hard things are helpful. Absolutely. Um, so I always thought of myself as being like a super friendly kid. Um, I had lots of friends. I didn't really have like a lot of enemies or anything like that. And I really enjoyed having people come over and play with me. And I had done that and we were playing around and I'm like, oh, let's go do this. And she just looked right at me and she didn't like want to go play. And I was like, why doesn't she want to go play? And I'm like, I came up with a great plan. Right. Come on. Let's <laughs> do it. And she just looked at me and she's like, we always do what you want to do. And oh. she was a very quiet, soft-spoken girl that didn't say much. Mm. And when she said that to me, I was just floored. I was devastated because I had never really had a friend really tell me anything. Right, right. And for her to say that to me, and especially her personality, I knew it was true right then and there. Yes. I was extremely bossy. Yeah. And whew, I'm with you on that one. Not that you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it that I totally understand because I am a, I by nature, I'm yeah. a teller. I tell people how to do things. And mm-hmm. Sometimes I tell them multiple times. I still so. struggle with that one. Yep. Yep. Me too. Um, so fast forward, that was probably like fifth grade. And then in college, I had another one of those moments. Um, I had made a commitment early in life to not lie. And I thought I was being truthful. Um, and... Um, I had a friend one day talk to me. You see, I didn't like to let people down. So if they would ask me to do something that I really knew I wasn't going to do, I would say, maybe, maybe I'll Mm. do that. Or maybe that sounds like a good, fun thing to do. But I really knew 99% chance that I was not going to do that. But because I used the word maybe, I'm doing air quotes right now. Yes. (laughs) That was my justification. I wasn't lying. But... You know, I really was. And you already knew your answer. Yeah, I knew I really wasn't going to go on the really cool trip that sounded awesome, that I didn't have the money to do that. Um, but I did. I wasn't letting my yeses be yeses and my noes be noes. Mm. And she looked right at me. And again, another friend that wouldn't necessarily just say something to you. And so for her to come and look at me, she goes, maybe it's just no to you. Why don't you just say no? Hmm. And I was so thankful and so embarrassed all at the same time. Yes. But she spoke truth to me. She loved me. And it was humbling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
so here I was being so prideful and saying I never lie, and yet I was lying to myself and to others by not being really truthful. Yeah, that's interesting. In both those stories, someone took the courage, might mm-hmm. be a good word, yeah, to speak to you, and, and I think that is wonderful. Yeah. And they did it kindly. Yeah. But it's interesting, the mixture of embarrassment, yeah. you know? Like having that thought, and it is hard when someone tells us something about who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Then I had another moment in my adult life. Okay. <laughs> of the same I, I, nature. I the pattern. There's like a theme here. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so fast forward to my adult life. I'm on the board for a homeschool co-op in our area, and I do a lot of legwork for this group, and I don't really remember the whole context of the conversation, but I was really concerned about finding new leaders to take over our positions, and are they going to be up for the task? Can yeah. they really do it? Yeah. yeah. And my friend just looked at me, and she was like, Actually, maybe it was on the phone. And she's like, Heidi, everyone's replaceable. Mm. And I was like, oh. like, I was like, you are totally right. Right. <laughs> um, I am replaceable. And that is perfectly fine. And that's good. It's a good mm-hmm. thing. And I was taking that glory and I was taking all of that on myself. And that was due to the Lord and not mine. It wasn't mm-hmm. mine to have. And I was seeing myself above others. Mm-hmm. I had a similar situation happen not too long ago. And... What happened is I was in charge of a large ministry, Mm -hmm. and it was really fun, and I enjoyed it. And then through a series of events, I stepped out, and someone else stepped in. And that was great, and I thought, oh, this is going to be easy. It's going to be perfect. But I kept seeing things get changed. Mm -hmm. And my heart was like, oh. And the Holy Spirit was just very clear to me. Julie, I can still remember the moment. Julie, this is it was not your baby. It was Mm -hmm. not your ministry baby. It was mine. And you need to let me work through this new person and yeah. let them do it and it's might even if it gets all changed that was really hard oh because my pride was like that's everything I did yes. you know and so it's good it's good though yes it's good it's very good yes we're all replaceable yeah that's exactly <laughs> right you're you're absolutely right and it's something we okay so you know those positive affirmations that Stuart oh, Smalley yeah. said yeah. we should probably tell those to ourselves I am replaceable. I am not perfect. <laughs> I am not good enough. Right. Exactly. That should be <laughs> not on my do. own. <laughs> right. Right. Um, um, so all of these stories have something in common is that God uses others to reel my sin, like really uses people because we really can't do it on our own. Yeah. We are prideful. We are stubborn. We want the glory and we don't want to give away. We don't want to give it to the Lord. Um, and we really don't want to see ourselves for who we really are. We don't really want to look in that sin mirror. But I had to learn this the hard way, and God has really humbled me through others being humble first. Mm. So in our church, we have small groups, and we're on our third year meeting with our small group. And um, because we've grown together, the yeah. leaders wanted us to kind of get away from just giving the traditional prayer request, like I my, have a busy week. Yeah, like yeah, my house building is not going well. You know those kind of things. To all right, let's really dig in and like this is what the lesson's about. How is that speaking to you? Where are you sitting sure. in this? That type of thing. That's great. That's a great thing to do. Yeah, it's been really great, except for the first time. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, I sense <laughs> we're gonna get a good story with this yeah. one. I had never been in any group like that before. It was only the traditional prayer request. So like to do that in a group setting with people I knew but yet didn't know, it was like, okay, I can can do this, okay. So I sit there waiting for my turn. And I think I was last, like dead last. 
And I was listening to others and I'm like, okay, I hear what they're doing. I hear them share their sin and their repair request. And they were hard ones, like very, very humbling and mm. really just um, real. Yes, real. And they were burying their souls. Um, they truly humbled themselves and they knew they needed Jesus to help them. They saw the wretchedness of their sin and desperately wanted to overcome it. Um, then it got to be my turn. And of course, I'm a woman, so I was like thinking while listening. Okay, what am right. I going to say? What am I going to say? What right. am I going to say? Yes. And That's something we all do. Oh, right? yeah. And I'm like, okay, I gave my sin, and I thought it was a good one. I was like, this is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really hard for me to even say it out loud. I'm like, I didn't really want to say this in front of people. Um, but it really wasn't a root problem. It was just a surface. Mm. And one of the leaders was kind of like asking me more questions, and she was desperately trying to help me define what that general sin was that I had confessed and to help me really get to the bottom and the root of what that would be. Um, and I just did not get what she was asking me at all. And in her humble leadership and love for me, the poor gal was just trying to help me. And I just kept giving that Sunday school hmm. Jesus answer, you sure. know, like that every kid gives. Yep. And it's not what they were asking, you know, you right. give Jesus for Noah, you know, right. or whatever right. it is. And I was, in a sense, giving that kind of answer, and it wasn't enough. And it wasn't enough not for her, but she knew it wasn't enough for me, right. that I right. wasn't going to get anything out of it. Um, that if I didn't really root out my sin and really humble myself and see myself for who I really was, I was never going to be able to fight it. You can't mm. fight something you don't identify. Right, right, that's yeah. right. Um, and she kept trying to help me, and I just didn't get it or I didn't want to. I'm not even sure. At one point, I even asked, and I am not confrontational in the least, and it was like in my head, I'm like, what does she want me to say? What does she want me to say? And I finally, I'm like, I don't even know what you want me to say at this point. And I never talk like that to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like half crying and like, what do you want me to say? Right. Um, I knew she loved me, so I knew it wasn't a bad thing, but I just was flustered. But anyways, um, then fast forward, like maybe like a couple weeks later, I'm in another class of a, like a women's discipleship type class. And all at the same time, I have that going on. Sure. And then Which I'm is, reading Humility. Okay. True greatness. how God works. Oh, yes. yeah. Like comes in threes or whatever. Yeah, you know? yep. And um, yeah, another commercial break for Humility, True Greatness. Yes. Get that in on our show shelf. notes. Yep. 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 Um, so I was partway through that book and I really hadn't gotten to a key part at the end. So there's a little bit of a spoiler alert. Um, they have an area called the cream cheese moment. So if you read it, you all know what I'm talking about. If not here, this is what it is. He talks about, he's like sitting in a restaurant and there's a gentleman that's like all dressed, really looking nice. Um, probably like going to a meeting or something. Okay. And he gets up to leave and he's like wiped his hands and all that. And then he has like a big smear of cream cheese. And oh. he has no idea it's there. He just, like, oh. walks out. You know, oh, it's like the person man. with the toilet paper on their Yeah, They don't know it's there. Yes. And, um, but that's like ourselves. Like, we cannot always see ourselves for who we really are. We mm. can't always see that. Like, it takes someone else to help us. And that's what I just wasn't getting. Yeah. that That is so interesting. The cream cheese concept. Because yeah. that's something we all, and I don't want someone... I mean, I, if I was walking with cream cheese, I would want someone to tell me. Yeah, you that's love. Cream cheese yeah. on your shirt or something. But for some reason, when someone's talking to me about my pride, I don't really want to listen. No. Mm -mm. And I just wasn't getting it. I kept replaying those two instances 
there was one in the other group and then one in the small group and I kept playing things over and over and I'm like hmm. how can someone else see my sin better than me of course I hadn't got to the cream cheese moment so okay okay <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I'm with me all the time I know me really well right and um I know what to do maybe I just didn't explain myself enough I'll just mm. explain some more and mm-hmm. you know that type of thing and um you see, I had an understanding to a an ex- certain extent the importance of rooting out sin, confessing it to the Lord, and confessing to others and asking for forgiveness. Um, we have been doing that in our house all the time. I'm pretty quick to admit wrong and seek forgiveness, like especially the easy ones, like I lost my temper, I'm sorry, I yelled at you. Or, yeah. yeah. You know, it's super obvious. Um, and I knew my husband would help. He helps me in that, you know. Sure. Um, but this kind of digging in and at a group setting and revealing to someone else outside of your family unit um, and really getting down to that nitty-gritty stuff, um, I didn't get that at all, the importance of it. I really didn't get that we can't see it alone because, um, you know, even your family can get blind to you. Yep, and, absolutely. And, okay, I really didn't get that we can't see it alone, and the Lord gave us a family and a church oh. family. Yeah, mm-hmm. a body of believers that can help us in our sanctification process that God will give insight to others, other people's sins that we can't see or don't want to see. Mm. And I really just didn't get that until now. Um, I didn't get how blind we really were, like that we need wise counsel from outside sources. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Tripp actually said in um, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hand, he says, my self-perception is an, as accurate as a carnival mirror. Oh, jeez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Super spot on. Yeah, like the, the ones where they make you really skinny or yeah. really short and fat. Yeah, I like the other one. The yeah, I like, I, like the tall, <laughs> I like the tall and skinny. But that is a really good thought because that is exactly it. It's our perception of how we are. Yeah. And we don't look at ourselves right. No. Yeah. I mean, I have read Proverbs countless times. Like, I read that, or I used to, all month long. Sure. The proverb yep. with the day, you know, yep. 31 days. I'm like, how blind was I <laughs> that mm-hmm. I would give lip service to so much of that um, and not really get it? Proverbs 12:15 says, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Hmm. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I read that and right. didn't get it. It just didn't click. Um, and I've been asking myself the wrong question all along when looking at a particular area of sin. Um, say, submitting to my husband. I have been asking, am I sinning? Instead of, how am I sinning? Hmm. I thought it was if then. And I'm like, how foolish was I? I mean, I sit in a church service every week that has a prayer confession. And every single week, it's like literally my favorite part of the service. And every single week is so humbling yep. to me. Yep. I have never asked once in that, am I sinning? Because it's superly, superly, it's made clear yeah. every week. Yep. Like, And I confess. I'm like, yes, I have done that. I'm sorry, Lord. And... I didn't see what was obviously so in front of my face in all these areas. Again, I gave lip service to it, but I really, really didn't get it. Hmm. Um, James 1, 22 through 25 says, Be doers of the world, word, sorry, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Hmm. 
Wow, that's interesting because uh, we just last month listened to a whole talk from Kim Lechman on that particular passage. Really? I have not heard that and, one. And um, it was very good because she was reminding us a lot of what you're saying. She had like the big pictures and here we are stuck in pride or dealing with any sin. Really, mm -hmm. what you've talked about, Heidi, is really how to deal with any sin. Yeah. Even if it's not pride, but it, of course, I think you're right. Pride is the root of a lot of sin. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you, there's, you cannot just be a hearer. She mm -hmm. said in her talk, you have to be a doer. Yeah. You have to fight and work mm -hmm. in your life to root out sin or, or, root out wrong thinking. I mean, she had a lot of examples, but I think that's really, what a great passage in James. Absolutely. Here's another commercial break for you. You didn't okay. know you were sponsored. I know. That's right. <laughs> for free. That's right. <laughs> um, we actually, we live pretty far from church and we often get asked, why do we drive so far? And I'll give you a shortened testimony of that. Um, but at the end of the day, Christ the Word was different. We saw that in the preaching and teaching in the people early on. Um, but we're just now able to really understand why and identify exactly what we were, we knew. Mm. Um, but at Christ the Word, you all know really how to exhort one another and accept it. Mm. To give words of encouragement and not just pandering to emotions. You desire and work towards truly knowing the Lord. But the biggest thing, you have a love for one another. You cannot exhort one another yes. if there's no love. Right, right. It just doesn't work. For this to all work, we must take off pride and put on humility. True humility, not the world's vain, counterfeit version of humility and pride. I could not have accepted any of that from my friends if I didn't know they didn't love me. Right, right. Yeah. Um, John thirteen thirty four to 35 says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Hmm. I love how he repeats. Yes, well, I've learned that when you read the Bible, if it's repetitive, there's a reason. Absolutely. Yep, you got to stick with it. Yes. Wow, what a story. Um, what a story about all of those stories that you told us from when you were in fifth grade all the way through mm -hmm. and how they all link together. Yeah. And then God used a moment in time to help you see. Yeah. Yeah. To conclude, like it's like my small group and women's group just wanted me to look at my true mirror version of myself and mm. not the carnival version. Right. To really dig in deep and find the root of that sin and not just the general answer. They saw that I didn't really identify it. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I think how often I have spoken of a sin. Well, I've spoken of a sin at a small group event or some Bible study because it is a respectable sin. Yes, And yes. that's kind of, I think, a little bit of what you're talking yeah. about. It's okay, I yelled at my kids this week, mm -hmm. whatever, but really that's the surface sin and there's a deeper yes a deeper thing we have to dig through to get to absolutely it. You yeah have to dig down in yeah it. which is not easy no and it's not going to be a quick fix no absolutely and you may not be able to identify it immediately yeah. you just know that there's more yes and asking friends to help but mm -hmm. also knowing that the bible tells us in first john that if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and I think right now, someone out there listening might be going, oh, God could never forgive me of this sin. I can't even speak of it. 
Maybe they're watching things they shouldn't be watching or they're doing something they shouldn't be doing that are sinful. But God says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And I just want to stop and pause and encourage you to keep going because it's very easy to become discouraged as we fight our sin. Absolutely. And it's easy to turn when someone comes and talks to you and says, hey, this is what I see in your life. It's easy to to push them away Mm -hmm. and be like, why are they telling me that? Don't they have sin? They have all this sin. Let me tell them their sin. Instead of thinking, okay, I'm not going to shoot the messenger, right? (laughs) I'm going to talk. I'm going to listen and think what they said. I love your questions instead of saying, where, like, what'd you say? Instead of saying, um, am I sinning? How am I sinning? Yeah. You added that little adverb right at the beginning. Yes. How am I doing this? Because yes. we are all sinners. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really good. Okay, so Heidi, um, you know, this is great what you've told me, but where have you seen great victory in this area? Well, I'm slowly, slowly learning to give God all the glory in all things um that my good comes from the lord alone not me that i'm Mm. just a wretched sinner and i really am starting to see that more and more and to make sure that i'm praising him outwardly and inwardly Mm. like just in anything the compliments just making sure i'm giving him the glory not Mm. taking it for myself that all of our good is not ours but it's his and his alone because he's working through me right that any good is of not me it's right. him um also identifying the root of sin um really seeing ourselves for who we really are has been really key for me um that i need jesus and i need to quit contending for supremacy and i really need to see myself truly and not that carnival mirror version it's such a good visual for me yeah it is it is it really is to remind us that because we always want to look at ourselves differently mm-hmm. than we really are yes I think another thing I would add um, to work on this is to be a thankful person. Yes, yes. I, I think um, what you've what you've come through is in what you've talked about. Um, it reminds me of how important it is that we are thankful to God for everything that He gives us. Absolutely. I think people who are thankful all often and people who pray; those are the two things. Yes, tend to be people who are more humble. Yeah, and showing gratitude to the others that you're working yes. with. Like, yeah. Really, like, even in that board situation, like, really working and seeing all the good that all the other yep. people are doing. Right. And it's not just me. Right. It's everybody. We're because all working together. I am replaceable. Right? Yes, because yes. I'm replaceable. That's Very replaceable. Be new, my new mantra. Yeah. Right. I'm replaceable. Um, okay, so if I ask you about your victory. <laughs> yeah. Where have you struggled? Well, it is my besetting sin. Um, specifically, um, well, a few, okay, a few years ago, our pastor had a sermon on besetting sins and he often ends his messages like with a question or like a final comment. And I always, well, not always, but I often will add that to the end of my like prayer journal or my notes journal. And I have like this section that'll say practical application or things to ponder daily. And I had put in to be searching out and praying my family and my own there are besetting sins um, that we would know. Okay, um, so tell me what a besetting sin is. Um, I would say that it's more like the one that it's like your sin, your Achilles heel. It's the one uh. that you fight the most, the most often, and it usually affects, I mean, as, as I'm reading it, it's the one that affects all the other ones. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which I can see how pride is that way. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've struggled with that too. But as we're told <laughs> that I can't even remember the verse off the top of my head, but that there will be sins that we will fight the entirety of our mm-hmm. walk. But yes. he will help us get yep, through it. That's right. Maybe you can insert where that comes from. Okay. I cannot remember <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I have not memorized that one. Um, so my besetting sin is pride. And I know that's the root of all sin. Um, so more pointedly, I would say it's pride in what others think. Um, it affects so much in my life. At the mm. end of the day, I tend to care what other people think more than I care what God thinks. I have made an idol of myself and others' perception of me specifically. I need others' approval. I need their validation. I need their praise. I may know, quotation marks, an error, that my worth is in the Lord and only Him, that all glory is due Him. But am I really living that way? No. I don't. I do not feel that shame of the shadow of the cross. Hmm. Um, When I was sharing earlier about being in a group and not being able to answer what my problem was, it wasn't necessarily not wanting to root it out, but I wanted to give the right answer. And air quotes again, I'm right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's more than, it was more than really rooting out the sin. I didn't want to look at myself clearly. Um, I couldn't in the moment see myself clearly because I was so worried about what others thought of me and Mm. what they were thinking of me and that I couldn't answer it correctly that I was getting the answer wrong about prayer I was worried about getting it wrong right wow yeah um of course the root of this is pride I want the glory not the Lord I don't want to have the wrong answer I want to be the winner I'm very big into winning things Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to be highly thought of I can't stand the thought of failure and not doing things right. I need a checklist. I need questions to be objective. Subjective questions and answers scare me. (laughs) I do not like subjective. Like in the interview training, I need to spin my sin. Oh, Mm. that's kind of catchy. Spin my sin. My background is in marketing and I find myself going back to that kind of training or that skill set that they ingrain in you. Sure, sure. So like in test taking, um, I was really good at picking the right answer and figuring that out, even if I didn't know it. Or um, if you take those personality tests, like oh, yeah. Myers-Briggs, I think they would make you do that in high school or yes, something. Yes, yes. I was so bad at those. I knew what I wanted my career to be, and I knew that if I answered this yep, way. I understand what you're saying. Yep. I could get that career, even though I, it really did line up pretty close. But still, I was yep. manipulating a test. Yes. To help me, right? To get the right answer yes. I wanted. Yep. Like, oh my goodness. That's me, my wretched self. Um, I can't accurately express in words where I found myself this fall during that. It was one of those defining life moments. I hope I'm not in pride in saying that, but <laughs> <laughs> I know it because of how hard it was to say it all, to admit to myself fully and others that I'm contending for supremacy that I'm depriving God of something that only he is worthy to receive. That, I mean, I can give you a list of excuses and reasons for how I got this way and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's me making an idol of myself. I love myself more. I need to have that affirmed by others' approval. I am the world's definition of pride, self-love. Okay, wow, Heidi, that was, that last few little short sentences were super powerful. you basically reminded, I mean, that, that could be me saying that. I love myself more. I need to affirm that, uh, that by others' approvals. 
and I, I am the world's definition of pride and self-love. I think that's probably something that every person listening has a issue with at points in their life. Yeah. And maybe we, like you, didn't see it right away. Yeah. I, I think even as you've talked tonight, I thought, wow, I can think of many times I answered, what's your prayer request, Julie? With a very surfacey thing. But mm-hmm. really, we need to root down in there and get out whatever that is. Yeah. And be willing to yeah. go for it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And not, I think another thing I've learned today in what you've talked is not be mad and angry with the messenger, the person who's talking mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Instead, viewing what they're talking to you in love. Yeah. And if we see on the other side, in a family member or a friend, sin that they're struggling with, we need to make sure that we are not going at them with pride. Yes, absolutely. Right. Like, let me, you know, let me tell everybody around me their sin. It really, really needs some prayer before yeah. we go talk and some genuine love. I mean, yeah, a good relationship. Yeah. There's Cause so none much. of this would have worked if I didn't know that they loved I you. had to rest in the fact that they loved me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, where do we see humility in the world, whether good or bad? Um, so I talked a little bit about like the training and all of that in like interviewing. So when I was in high school and college, I went through a lot of that kind of stuff like leadership camps and things of that nature. And they really trained us on how to interview. And we would have to be taking like a common question, like, where are you weak? And we were told to take those weaknesses and make them a strength. Um, like I can be a bit of a perfectionist. Oh, right. It's just a humble brag again. Right. But it's ingrained in us to do that. And that's where the problem lies. It's false humility. Um, especially as Americans, um, we cannot admit any weakness because that's a failure. Sure. Um, our worth is in others' perception, in our glory and accomplishments, in ourselves. But we lie to ourselves because we think to be humble is to be weak, just like the definition humble right. is weakness to them or us and um that we're not fighters mm-hmm. um and i think the american mm-hmm. dream of success has led us into a nation of self-sufficiency to the extreme and we're deceived by it right that is really interesting the connection in america and it is all over social media mm-hmm. if you are you know anywhere all over news outlets all over the entertainment industry yeah it is just overloaded you can do it in america you can be Yes. You can take pride. You've got it. You know, yeah. keep moving and you'll make it all the way up the whatever. You know, yeah. you'll make it up the mountain, you know, to yeah. your successful Self-actualization. spot. Yes. It's the yeah. char- top of the chart. Yes, you know? it is. Whatever yes. that's, I forget what that thing's called. Okay, so how can we discern the difference, though, between godly humility and worldly humility? Because you've talked a lot about that humble brag. Yeah. The idea that we can turn something that actually is prideful into something that looks like we dress it up yeah to look like it is humble yeah how can we tell the difference godly humility is giving glory to whom glory is due worldly humility is seeking self Hmm. so if you give yourself a little litmus test so like number one godly humility can receive correction that's hard. okay let's stop right there (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Number two, ask yourself, am I contending for supremacy? Am I taking the glory? Mm. Number three, am I being mm. a humble brag? Mm. Number four, did I use the wrong pronoun? And I'm not talking about, you know, the worldly version of this. Right. <laughs> am I using the word I did this 
or you did this god mm. um i read somewhere i really like this they called it humble is god esteem not self-esteem mm. i really like that that's one. good that's good yeah and i think recently i think this was in one of our pastor's messages he was saying that another version of a litmus test would be what does your calendar look like and what does your checkbook look like like what do you esteem what is most important to you hmm. those like, are good yeah <laughs> because if you look at your calendar and your checkbook and it's full of selfish yeah, yeah. that helps you to realize absolutely those are good those are really good good things um I just want to say them one more time. Number one, godly humility can receive correction. Yeah. Which I had to pause after that one. Number two, am I contending for supremacy? Am I taking the glory? Mm-hmm. Like, let's honestly think about that because that's a really good question. Am I being a humble brag? I, uh, how often that happens. And do did I use the wrong pronoun, I or you, instead of it, I, like I did it, instead of you, God, you yeah. did it. I, I, that is like... We should have that also on my wall. <laughs> yeah. I just, you just helped me with decorating. I know. But seriously. I have a cricket. We can make one. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they're probably, yeah, that would be good. But honestly, thinking and having those four little things are great because we have to go back. Yeah. And review. And we have to do it often, don't we? Very, very often. It's not like, oh, yes, I'm answering those and I'm good. Yeah. This is like a, a daily thing. Those are great. Yeah, because it's, it's more like not am I it's how am I yes we're back to the same yeah Yeah. Yeah. okay so how should we live humbleness in the world um real simply be honest where your goodness comes from the Lord not you Hmm. I like that (laughs) I like short and sweet too I love that that's good because really that's just pointing that's using the right pronoun yeah it's pointing back to the Lord in everything yeah in our conversations and you know, in our in our going to the grocery store, mm-hmm. pointing everything back to Christ. And it's sometimes hard until you've practiced it. You mm-hmm. have to practice it. Yep. Yep. That's how we always get better at things is yep. practicing. Yep. How should we live humbleness in the four walls of our home? Well, most importantly, be humble. <laughs> be quick to confess um, mm. our, our sins to one another, especially when you've wronged one another. Um, do this in love. And remember the golden rule? It's the first verse, I think, that I had my kids memorize. Yeah, that's I'm a sure good it's one. probably one of your first ones, yep. too. Um, either that or honor your parents. But I'll, okay. I'll give the first okay. or second right. one. <laughs> Matthew seven twelve. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and prophets. Yep. That's a, a great verse. Oh, yeah. As we deal with our families. Yeah. Another thing that we do with our children is to remember the acronym JOY. I don't even know where this came from. Um, I did not come up with it. Um, but it just means J for Jesus, Jesus first, others second, yourselves last. Right, with the first letter of yes, each of those, of J-O-Y. J-O-Y. Yeah, that's, that's going good. on my wall. Okay, now that is a great idea. I like yeah. that, yeah. I haven't made it yet, but I'm going to. <laughs> I like that. And it would also be a good reminder. Yeah. And it's really good for children because you can just say joy and they know. Right. Like if you've practiced it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I really appreciate you being on today. What are some of the, maybe a couple application points that we could just kind of close with today? Some things you just want to leave with our listeners. I will leave you with things that help me. Okay. Things that I've had issues in. Good. Good. I like that. (laughs) I would say do not live in excuse land. It's not 
obedient. It's not honestly looking at yourself in the mirror. It's that carnival mirror creeping in again, and it's prideful. And it's these are just simple little things. Like, let's say you haven't had time to pray, or you say you haven't had time to pray or read your Bible, read or read else that you're not taking seriously, that the Lord says to take seriously. Like, in that moment, call out. If it's laziness, you're being lazy. Do what you're called to do. If that means getting up early or not watching the TV right. show at night, whatever it takes, you know, do the right thing first. Right. <laughs> I tell the kids that all the time. Do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're late, don't use the little bit of traffic as your excuse. Um one little red light is not going to make you late. It's because you waited to the last minute to go somewhere. Right. And you're not, at the end of the day, not loving others if you're not, you know, being mindful of your time. Um, I actually love this quote for that one. It says, to be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late. And to be late is to be forgotten. <laughs> yeah. I tried to figure out who said that, but it's very controversial. But it oh. was supposed to be Lady Roosevelt or whatever her name okay. is. Okay. Well, it's got some good points in yeah. it. Yeah. Um, can you tell I used to struggle with that one? Yeah. yeah. I, just, I just gave excuses to stuff instead yeah. of just saying, I'm lazy here, Lord, and I'm just not doing it. Yeah. Or the baby didn't sleep last night, so I can't read my Bible today. Mm -hmm. But I played on Facebook for 15 minutes. Right. You know, that type of thing. Um, um, but because continuing with supremacy with God, um, we are making an idol of our own lives. And I think that is the key reason so many deny the cross. They deny Jesus and ultimately say, there's no God. Hmm. Because if there is a God, you have to answer to that God. And you are no longer the center of your own life. Sure. Yep. That's right. Yeah. That's pride. True humility acknowledges that there is a God, seeks to know this God, and ultimately obeys. Hmm. Um, I have a really favorite hymn that I'll leave you with. Are you going to sing it? <laughs> no. Okay. You <laughs> um, can read it. That's I fine. will read it. And probably not to the tune. Uh, so remember the cross. Well, this isn't, that's not what it's called. But when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them through this blood. It's powerful. Mm, yes. John Stote thoughts. I'm not sure how you say his name. I don't know. He said, all of us have inflamed views of ourselves, especially in self-righteousness. Until we have visited a place called Calvary, it is there at the foot of cross that we shrink to our true size. Hmm. Wow. That was a powerful hymn. That's a, a hymn. I love those old hymns. I mm. love them because they are full of good truth in their words. <laughs> And they yes. have, you know, doctrine that just is there. I mean, I modern day songs are fun and they make me dance yeah. around my kitchen. But these songs make me think. Yeah. And I think that's really good. And when you stop and you think, I, you know, even the first verse, my richest gain, I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to end. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi, so much for being on today. It has been a pleasure to talk with you. And I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> me you too. have just opened up <laughs> Pandora's box to me, okay? Now I actually have to work on this, so. Praise the Lord. Yes. For what he's given right. us. Yes. Opening that's our right. eyes. That's yeah. right. Would you be willing to pray for us? Yes. Um, I would love to. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us technology. 
Thank you for the ability to sit with a friend and discuss your goodness and truth and be able to share with an audience today, tomorrow, or next year. That we can use this snapshot of time for your glory and that this may bless those who will listen. Mm. Amen. That we are ever mindful of our stubborn, prideful selves, that we would daily recognize that our good comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Next week, we're going to jump into our fifth installment of Feminology. And don't forget to purchase your own copy of Learning Contentment, the book we're going to be talking about on Book Chats this summer in just a few weeks. So grab your copy at your favorite bookstore online shopping uh, option. And if you have time, read chapters one and two and wait for Erica Simpson and I as we are going to discuss contentment. Why do I get myself into this? Here we talked about pride today, and I need to work on that, and now I choose a book called Contentment. So I'm pretty sure we all can work on contentment this summer together, and uh, so I will say uh, we'll be learning right along with you. Remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time. Mm -hmm.